Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. I got invited to a Freemason party on Halloween. You, I, I don't think you did. No. Uh, actually, I guess I should say this was a Halloween party the night before Halloween. Okay, yeah. I don't even know if I should be talking about this in public, but I got invited <laughs> to a secret society's uh, uh, Halloween party. <laughs> okay, that's what a brag. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no, my 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 friend who's a Freemason uh invited me. Uh-huh. Uh I'll say this, you know, a lot less uh <laughs> ritual and sacrifice than I was expecting. Oh yeah? What was it like? A lot more jello shots than I was uh, oh, anticipating. They don't do like cement shots or something stone related. That's not really stone, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, none of them strike me necessarily as stonemasons, except maybe for my friend who <laughs> is actually a sculptor. Okay, I guess that's mm-hmm. fair. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's, I, I imagine it, is it like a function that was kind of just normal, but then there was like that little bit of a twist, like something was a bit off? Like, you know. Like a Halloween party? Um <laughs> You know, and it just occurred to me that I essentially just summed that whole like uh, what a Halloween party. Well, is. like, well, like we ended up, you know, listening to uh, a bunch of uh, '80s songs and playing pool uh, in their in their lodge, which was kind of fun. That's dope. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I'm kind of like perusing around this very uh, fancy old building that they've got, right, and. I, here, here's all I have to say at this point is that Freemasons are nerds. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, like there's <laughs> absolutely nothing sinister about them. I can't speak to all lodges. I know they differ lodge to lodge. Uh-huh. I know there's, um, let's just say this was a pretty liberal lodge. Okay, okay. Um, in a lot of ways, which which was uh nice to kind of see. I I don't know if all uh Freemason lodges are like that right right. um but they they seemed like a pretty accepting bunch okay um and like i walk in there i i i get there and i'm thinking i'm late and i get there because i i i don't even have a costume on because i'm coming from work i got Mm. invited while i was still at work so i couldn't go home and get a costume or anything i arrive and my friend's not there yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm like, they're like, can we help you? Are you a Mason? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I was invited here. <laughs> oh, and no. I, yeah, I go in there. I'm talking to some of them. I don't know what else to say. So I'm like, my grandfather was a Freemason. <laughs> <laughs> Making small talk, trying to blend in. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was. Yeah, he was. no, it's fair. And they're like, oh, do you, like, want to become one? I'm like, like, no, I don't know about that. 
yeah. But there's one guy dressed as Spock. There's another mm. guy, you know, uh, <laughs> just dressed dressed as different stuff. But yeah. then I sit down at the table, and there's this guy wearing a cloak. And at first, <laughs> I think he's a monk. But uh-huh. he actually just has his um, mask off so that he can eat. Uh, and he is a reptilian. Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which was so funny, I guess, just because, like, we're in a Freemason lodge, and the guy puts on his lizard mask, and now he's a lizard person in a a cloak, and it's just kind of funny. That is... That was... That's what Halloween was made for, really. Yes. That level of just meta, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. sounds like that's a core memory right there for sure. It is. It is. Oh my god. Mm-hmm, wow. Mm-hmm. One woman started talking to me quite a lot about the shape of my nose. Did uh it uh, uh but it was because she asked me if I was Italian. Okay. And, and I and I said yes and <laughs> she's like you look exactly like a friend of mine who's family is uh from the south of italy and i said well my family uh was from body Mm -hmm. and she's like he's from body oh uh yeah so i was actually like it that that conversation could have gone very (laughs) so much worse so much yeah could have gone so much so much worse but uh yeah no she was she was very uh very interested to talk about that huh okay yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, otherwise, like perfectly charming uh, evening. Uh, stayed out too late, you know. So found out I'm actually decent at pool. Okay, uh, you could be a hustler now. I could, I could. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no that that was just kind of, that that was just kind of my my past week. Um, you know, just uh, recovering and everything. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this ride. I realize we're kind of holding oh, yeah. it up. We should probably uh, set that up uh, and mm-hmm, get this going. Mm-hmm. I think we're being called to do so. Um, so mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is kind of what we've been we've been planning on the side as uh, all this has mm-hmm. happened. I guess Zan, when you were at the Freemason party and I was at my thing, uh, I was I was trying to. I, I kind of forgot about this, so I, um, you know, was rushing seemed, to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, this this is a lot of production. It's a lot of time. About. Yeah, it was a lot of work. I mean, I, you know, use the, the weekend's my time off. That's me time, and I'm just going to, you know, sometimes I don't <laughs> pay attention to the VZM. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, this, I'm, I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited for all of us to uh, participate in this. Let's let's uh, get on in here. Let's start going into the, the boats, I guess they're calling us to get into. Uh, oh, make sure everybody's yeah. hands are inside the mm-hmm, vehicle, but safety, it's, a, it's a boat. I think we're not keeping the, we didn't really keep the cannon on this. Oh, every, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Just, be careful for that, that lap bar thing. That's, yeah. That's like kind of. Yeah. And you want to, you want to watch out for the actual cannons on the side of this um, and the water mm. too. But what we decided to do for this, uh, this, a three hour tour. That's for the Gilligan Island fans out there. So for our tour today here on our ride, mm-hmm. as we have been getting on it, everybody sitting comfortable. Yeah, kind of a kind of a Pirates of the Caribbean. It, yeah, uh, it's it's a. I would like to call it as Pirates of the Caribbean mixed with It's a Small World. We're going to be going through some stages of history here, and I think it's best done in a sea-like voyage where we filled mm-hmm. the museum with water. Mm-hmm. Definitely got a production update for that. So for our tour today, yes. I wanted to start our story at the end of one. We're going to be talking about the Mongol invasion of Iki Island and then later the invasion of Japan. So, so it's a Mongols world after all. 
That's <laughs> no, that's really good. Oh my god. Uh, yes, actually, quite literally at this point. Mm-hmm. So we know of said we know of the Mongols mostly through the conquest of, of Genghis Khan and his empire, which will last far beyond him and grow to be one of the greatest empires throughout history, rivaling that of Rome and Alexander the Great. The Mongols started from rival clans in the Mongolian and Eurasian steppes would make peace and eventually unite to form the bulk of this empire and under them forging alliances through battle and conquest with the Turkic peoples surrounding them and eventually taking over territories in modern-day Russia, Tibet, Korea, and China. One such country, however, narrowly avoided being taken over by the Mongol Empire, which is Japan. Rather than focusing solely on the Battle of Okota Bay and the storms that follow it, repelling the Mongol forces in the end of it, it's focused instead on the first land battles the Mongols had against the Japanese kingdoms, the invasion of the island of Tsushima and Iki. Mm. Now, if you've been playing any recent games, you probably have heard of Ghost of Tsushima, which came out, I think, in 2020, and it took everybody by storm, quite literally, uh, because of its very focused, uh, <laughs> its very focused storytelling based on this event, and you know, kind of mm-hmm. having having some fun with it without doing the Ubisoft thing, where they just completely okay. make it crazy. As you know, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I've done this many times, that I model exhibits mm-hmm. off of games that I've played. This one I feel like is very interesting because <laughs> it's this element of a story that is often portrayed in pop culture in many different ways, from you know the Netflix series Marco Polo to I feel like the only Mongol movie we got, which is called Mongol, and then yes. I want to say the history of Japan. <laughs> on youtube which is great by the yeah. way but it kind of brushes over a lot of important yeah. details it, it it is one of those footnotes that you're like wait what <laughs> yeah and it's it's it is kind of a crazy story more than yeah because i think we're all familiar as we're on our boat tour here and you know glancing at the imagery surrounding us of that of mm-hmm. you know the coastline of japan as in our painted backgrounds here you know, it is the thing that's often summarized as it's the Mongols were under, you know, Genghis mm-hmm. Khan and they did these amazing things and also terrible things and raped half of Europe. And then they tried to invade Japan and they failed. And that was it. And then they ended kind mm-hmm. of, you know, speeding it up a bit faster. And oh, yeah. Also, a storm blew right. them away. And it's like, yes, right. but it's way weirder and crazier than that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, I know in. I. In Mulan, they're uh-huh. supposed uh-huh. to be the Huns, but they are very clearly, I think, they read to us as Mongols. Yes. Well, as my history right? teacher put it, uh, Mongol or the Mongol uh-huh. didn't rhyme as well as defeat the Huns. So they they said the Huns instead. They are definitely uh, Mongols. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I know the Huns did technically invade at some point. It's kind of like my whole thing where I messed up that China did have chariots. I, I still regret that. I had an argument with somebody over this and like, my freshman year of high school just like chariots are like hittite and they're like no it's chinese i was like it's absolutely not they did not have chariots it doesn't make any sense but chariots are just things with two wheels so this is kind of in a similar vein where i think they might have at least once but it's the mongols in mulan specifically because mm-hmm. they built the wall to keep them out okay that didn't end too well so um yeah yeah well it rarely does um i guess it's it's not impossible to think of people independently coming up with the idea for a chariot um yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I am not a chariot expert. Not uh, a chariot so expert. Yeah. I, 
I, I have somehow less stake in this than as someone that also knows nothing about video games. Fair enough. So I'm also assuming in this game you, I don't know, can can you like sub out your characters so like mm. you can like play as uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z characters? I don't know. No, not exactly. You play as Jin Sakai, who is a samurai and has to, okay. he deals with his, he's basically dealing with his code, his samurai code on opposing mm-hmm. the forces of the Mongols who invade Tsushima at the time. And I, okay. you know, we're going to get to it and I don't really want to spoil too much of our tour, but essentially it doesn't go well for, for the samurai. So you're, you're playing as his main character in story and you're kind of fighting against, you're, you're opposing the Mongol forces, which is a very interesting position to take through this story. Um, but mm-hmm. kind of valid. I'm going to be honest, kind of valid, but it, so that's like it's it's more of a it's more of a story based open world game and it's very beautiful and it's it mm-hmm. actually brought a lot of attention to those islands which was kind of great for tourism so mm, yeah. that's nice maybe not during a pandemic but still regardless it's yeah, I, I yeah, would love yeah. to visit it. Twenty twenty was it is a hard year to sell anybody on anything. It is yeah it wasn't at least they could they kind of redid the game for the PS five so that's always nice so mm. I guess uh, Sucker Punch sponsor the museum because I'm shouting you out right now and I feel like you guys deserve it so. Uh, oh. yeah, maybe there you go. Maybe they could sponsor the museum. Who knows? Anyway, maybe they could. Yeah. Getting into our actual tour here that deri- that is going to go a bit away from that. It's source material of influence to get mm-hmm. a sense of how, um, the geography of where this is taking place, like to get an idea of how big these islands are, or in this case, small Tsushima Island is located about 50 kilometers east of Busan, Korea. So it's very, very close. Oh, very, very close. This is the furthest mm-hmm, Japanese mm-hmm. territory from the main islands of Japan. So this is uh-huh. pretty much the border at the time before hitting the kingdom of Korea. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it, it is the closest Japanese territory uh, to the Korean mainland, mainland and its smaller islands. And Tsushima measures about 43.5 miles long by 9.3 miles wide. And its total area is about 273 square miles. So it's not big. It's mm. kind of tiny. <laughs> very, very tiny, right, actually. Yeah. And given its size and position, the population is estimated to have been between 2,000 to 5,000 inhabitants during the 13th century when this is all going to be taking place. Okay. And that's going to be specifically 1274, but we'll get there because uh, we're going to have mm-hmm. to step it a bit back and go a little earlier. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of keep that in mind that these are not, this is not as densely populated as some of the outlying uh, Japanese islands and specifically even where like Tokyo yeah. is located. This is, it's smaller. There's not that many people here. It's run in the same feudal sense. We're going to be in medieval Japan. This is like Ronin samurai, you know, pretty like, you know, okay, Akira yeah, yeah. Kurosawa type film stuff. You know, it's, it's awesome, but also <laughs> it's awesome, but also awful at the yes. same time. Yes, there, there's just, there, there's, ro- there's uh, roving warrior poets, you know, just, uh, uh yeah. traversing the landscape. Kind of you know, is saying, <laughs> say, say, saying, uh, profound, uh, short, profound <laughs> phrases. They're kind of, I mean, kind of, yeah. And there's also pirates. So the pirates of the Caribbean ride kind of brings us right into where we're going to be going, okay, okay. Uh, which is kind of the reason this whole thing starts, but in backing us mm-hmm. up to the events that lead to the invasion of Tsushima, the leader of mm-hmm. the Mongol empire at the time is Kublai Khan who is the grandson mm-hmm. of Genghis Khan. He rose to power in 1260 CE. And actually, a quick fun fact about him. We share a birthday, I just found out. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's he was he was born on September twenty third, two thousand. Oh my god. So he was born on September twenty third, twelve fifteen CE. Yeah. He was he was born in the year two thousand. Who knew? I. You know what? I. 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 I, I can't believe you. Mm-hmm. Kubla Khan and <laughs> Bruce Springsteen all share. A I birthday. know, I know. It's the craziest. It is the weirdest like lineup of people with that with that birthday. Mm-hmm. It's I I I you mm-hmm. know upon doing the research for this tour, I was blown away by that, and I said, "Oh my god, this is." I gotta have to talk to Zan about this one because I know he's gonna make a Bruce Springsteen joke mm-hmm. with it. So I'll I'll leave that yes, out yes. of my preparation. Um, yeah. Uh, now, is Khan a title or mm. a name? It is a title. To my understanding, okay. it is a title. You, the Khan is like the chief or the head of yeah. the the Khan, mm-hmm. the clan, essentially. I'm pretty sure that's what it stands for. That is my okay. un, that is my understanding of it. It is a title. Mm-hmm. I could be very mm-hmm. wrong, so again, tweet at us if I'm not yeah, yeah, up yeah. to date on my Mongol history. Yeah. Khan in the USA. Nice. I'm a Khan in the USA now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that works <laughs> yeah. in relation to the birthdays. Um, but yeah, and he he's an interesting guy. That's definitely for sure. And we're going to cover him, I feel like, a bit more mm-hmm. specifically and later, hopefully a later tour regarding the history of the Mongol Empire up to this point. But he mm-hmm. he would be responsible for leading the countless invasions into China, Korea, and also the surrounding mm-hmm. territories, eventually bringing them into his fold. And he's also known mm-hmm. for parlaying and trading with Marco Polo and was the one to set up trade routes through the Silk Roads to benefit his growing empire. Because one of the fun facts about the Mongols mm-hmm. was that, you know, besides the raping and pillaging and murdering of, like, everybody in their surrounding areas, they were also really in the trade and knew that that was helpful. So it's kind of the same thing with the Vikings where you, you oh, know, okay. yeah, like that they, they were like, yeah, we're going to do all these terrible things. And then we're going to like, you know, kind of just set up mer- merchant spots and trade routes and actually get cool things with each other. So, I mean, unfortunately, yeah. that is also I, I, I don't think that's ent- entirely foreign to the modern world. I it's, think a lot not. of people that run our economies. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 turned out are not great people. No, no. Uh, making money is based in violence. Who knew? But uh, I guess in this case, it's like, a, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's kind of wild. Okay, okay. But so so he's so so he's a real Jeffrey Epstein type, a mover and shaker. I, I mean, yeah. Pretty much, he he mm-hmm. he rises to power because of his title. Of course, being the grandson of Genghis Khan, and kind of helps. But you know, not, he, not a bad thing to have. Not a bad thing to have. But he's also he he is he is an interesting character because he is good at both politics and being a conqueror, like actually you know going to right. war and killing lots of people. Which uh, yeah, because I, I I feel like with Genghis Khan, we always get the impression that good at conquering where we it's a little fuzzier the 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 ability to maintain uh an empire that size well yes exactly i I feel i feel like is is sort of a is painted as a a real robert baratheon yes Um, actually that's good good at good at winning stuff doesn't is is not there for the 
the uh, the the boring clerical work that you need to do yeah. is like, hey, you know what? You rule all over all of these people now. You like need to do like Something. laws and stuff. Yeah, it's well, like, ugh, it's so boring. I just want to go murder people and and take things. <laughs> But, like, the thing, yeah. even with, like, Genghis Khan, though, it's, like, he was really good at negotiating because he got all the tribes to work together. To my understanding, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you know, that's, we're gonna get there, but it's yeah. this whole... I, I will, I will ignore your pronunciation of negotiating. What, um, am I saying it wrong? You said negotiating, I think. I did? Uh, but, oh, God, negotiating. Uh, but also, I, uh, are, am I mispronouncing Genghis? Okay, here's the deal. I actually don't know. I have heard... Chingus, I have heard Genghis, I have heard Chengus, I like Chengus, I feel like that's correct. I could be dead wrong because my Mongolian I feel is like, not good. Um, yeah, n- n- neither is mine. I, uh, you know, uh, fresh out. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> I feel like if I were to say Chingus Khan to somebody, they would give me a weird look. Yeah. Um, but I, I will, I will accept your. I will accept your pronunciations out of my own uh, ignorance and also out of the knowledge that uh, these people lived a really long time ago and pronunciation (laughs) probably has changed even within the languages that are still spoken or the languages that are closest related to this. Yes, I think that's a good way to look at it. In a non-disrespectful way, I really Uh do think it's a tomato-tomato situation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I like, do you really want to pronounce Latin words uh, with their proper pronunciation, where like you have to yeah. pronounce your V's like W's? No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try, but it's not gonna happen. Um, yeah, because like then you have to pronounce like Caesar's thing is like windy windy witchy, you know. Instead <laughs> <Yeah>. of, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a, that sounds like a Monty Python joke. <laughs> Caesar had a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest thicker. Yes. Oh my god. Um but yeah, in in going back to Kublai Khan in this, in his conquest, yes. he will end up rising as the emperor of the Yuan dynasty of China, which is going to be one of the most famous things that he's known for uh besides this invasion, and, and that will be in 1271 CE. But th- and then and this then leads to the Mongol Empire encompassing all of China, Tibet, Korea, and pretty much all of Eurasia, almost up to Hungary. So they're that far. Like this is mm-hmm. height. This is height of empire. Like they have so yeah. much land, and it's insane. Yeah. Um, and with that, you know, they're taking in the Turkic and Steppe tribes in um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into their horde, as well as in as Korean and Chinese foot soldiers to fight by their side. Um, yeah. And so the previous dynasty in China, the Song dynasty, fought against mm-hmm. them for some time until eventually, you know, they lost and they also succeed. They seceded the lands to Kublai Khan. It wasn't worth it anymore mm-hmm. um, because it just became such a hassle, as we know, mm-hmm. of the, you know, the stories of the Mongols just constantly invading China. Because one of the things that they could do as a, you know, group of warriors accustomed to being on horseback, moving very quickly, and using tactics that were overpowering, is that they could easily, you know, go into a place and leave. And that's what they were really good at strategically. Even with sieges, they can kind of do the same thing Mm -hmm. and terrorize people. So it was this, like, entirely different way of going about warfare that a lot of these Mm -hmm. areas, and as we'll see, Japan's going to have this problem, that they're not used to it at all, and it throws them. And Europe was the same way. They had no idea how to handle this, and that's most Mm -hmm. of the reason why they could make it so far through Russia. Um, 
But, Mm -hmm. you know, as well as China going through these massive invasions, so did Korea, which suffered continuously under Mongol threat until eventually King uh, Gojong made peace with them in 1259. So that, in a way, is giving us up to speed of, like, all of these territories are going to come under Mongol control and they're going to be incredibly important for what comes next. Because while this is all happening... All these invasions and and Kublai's army is kind of is geared towards China and Korea. That's really who they're focused on right now and taking. Mm-hmm. Japanese pirates from Tsushima and Iki Island were raiding up and down the Korean coastlines, benefiting uh-huh. off the destabilization of the region. So right, they right. look at it and they say, "Hey, you know what's going on over there?" Because again, like I, you know, you can even it's said that from from Tsushima Island, you and on a on a flat and like sunny day, like a clear skies, you can kind of mm-hmm. see the Korean coastline. Like it's that close. So, oh wow! I, so I've heard. So it's it's pretty. The distance is not that far, and you mm-hmm. know it's a good area for taking. You know, it's a it's a region in distress. You can go in and take things, and it'll be fine. Um, however, mm-hmm. this actually this will lead to the downfall quite literally because be, because the Mongols will end up taking notice of these pirates who are stealing from their spoils mm-hmm. to take it back to their mm-hmm. island through the chaos. And this is what actually brings Japan into the fold, allegedly. Mm-hmm. You know, that this is one of the reasons. I'm sure there's some other ones too, because, you know, China... But as as an island, you're you're able to isolate yourself to some extent. Well, yeah, they, they did, pretty much. They were kind of under the radar. Japan, I mean, you know... The history of Japan itself is a whole other can of worms we can get into at some point. But, you know, mm-hmm. because people, I'm pretty sure they, the people who we would consider Japanese today are descendant from those who would be, have been in Korea and traveled over there. And and this is the theory I have heard. I'm not entirely correct. Because there's also the Ainu people that, yeah. leave on, that live on Hokkaido who are have been there for, you know, much longer yeah there's there's, a whole thing there's like there's multiple ethnicities within japan some of them more recent arrivals than others you know they would yes yeah so and and that 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 is a nuance that i guess we can look at from a distance and yeah it's not 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 entirely uh understand but you can kind of look at anywhere in the world that you know there's like who who are the real owners of this land is it right. how long you've been here or or what right well it's also you know there's the influence of like chinese characters like yeah. for alphabet specifically influencing the language mm-hmm. and then Absolutely, of course yeah. like japan will create their kami and and go from there and you know so there's these china knows about japan there is an influence there's a trade exchange there is a lot mm-hmm. of culture borrowing they, they have they already have slurs for them probably <laughs> I would assume, you know, and it, obviously, as we know, it's going to get significantly worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> yikes. Someone needs to apologize yeah. and hasn't yet. Yeah, yeah. For another day, I guess. I mean, that it, it is it is the interesting thing, because on, you know, Japan's been good at, uh, let's say, rebranding after uh, World War Two. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good way to and, say it. It is interesting people that I know who are of various uh Asian East Asian descent that their um their fam- their immediate family, you know, has uh you know deep-seated uh you know resentment towards the Japanese 
And I can kind of only imagine like what it must be like to have uh, something like something to have that kind of relationship uh, and then have it be a culture that uh, is promoted as efficient and cutesy, Mm. you know, kind of globally. Right. Which I, I imagine is kind of odd. Uh, in in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, and 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 I'm sure you could maybe also like compare it to like uh, England to some extent. Yeah, with the Queen and stuff, and the whole glorification. Yeah, there. that it's like it's it's cute, it's it's quaint, it's um, you know, it 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 tried to conquer the world. Uh, yeah, you know, and and succeeded for a while. Yeah, uh, but you know that that's that that is also a sentiment that uh, a lot of. Uh, east asian and uh, asian islanders feel yeah and i I mean i think it's very valid you know in that sense Mm -hmm. it's it is odd and you know yeah here's the thing with japan even in this story and Mm -hmm. or history really Mm -hmm. they're kind of the same like nothing changes for a very (laughs) long time and it's it's they're always the same. They are, and I'm sorry, but it's true. It's the it's the feudal arrogance, and it like kind of affected them really badly because it's the it's the isolationist attitude that there's you know you can even see starting back up today that has quite mm-hmm. literally damaged them every single time for their own yeah. people. And I mean, right. I guess it was probably. I'll say this, and I'm sure I'm not the only person to think this way. Maybe they should have stayed isolationist, you know, at the end of the 1800s, because maybe that would have calmed down the imperialistic uh, attitude. Dare I say that's a hot take? Yeah, I mean, it, it... Yeah. Go back to where you came from, says Joe Semino. No, no, that's not no, what I no, said. I, I'm, not pu- I'm not putting that in your mouth. <laughs> it is... It is interesting. I mean, uh, it's... It's hard to say, because on the one hand, you know, Japan was doing damage to itself being isolationist. I don't think we're going to advocate for the West's exploitation of East Asia. um, But, you know, you do feel like there was like um, some sort of there is almost like this this monster unleashed on the earth uh you know like that you've uh begrudgingly brought uh to to play on the global stage you know and to some extent yeah we see that with russia maybe uh-huh. is another uh comparison you know um a, a country that sealed itself off so much that um they they didn't change to the gregorian calendar along with the rest of europe for a while yeah you know, th- there are these sort of places that that do that, and then they become, you know, potent in so many other ways. Uh, I mean, but like when we look at North Korea, we're I don't think that certainly their strength is not their isolation. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it is not. Yeah. So it's um. Yeah. No, I I can. I, I can I can kind of see what you're what you're saying there. It's uh it's a difficult thing to figure out like how different history would be in that sense if they had been left alone, if they still would have yeah. decided that they needed to be in charge of the Pacific. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely would have played out very differently, I feel like, but mm-hmm, as would mm-hmm. anything in the situation. I mean, the thing here, though, and to keep in mind, is that there's kind of a... I don't, I don't want to westernize things. I don't want to put a western lens on this situation because it's a very different culture. It's a very different group of people, and I don't want to come mm-hmm. across that way. But I feel like one way to kind of explain maybe a bit of this is kind of like how the Greeks and Romans look at other people as barbarians. Dare I make mm. this comparison that a Japanese samurai code and feudal hierarchy is very mm-hmm. specific, and if you're not involved in that, you're considered an outsider. And we mm-hmm. see that even today in immigration policies of Japan. Right. Not that we're talking about today, we are talking about 12, you know, 13th century Japan, which is a yeah, very no, different no, no, thing. But, but... but I, I, I've, I've had friends that live in Japan, and even friends that are, uh, you know, uh, have japanese heritage but if they are visibly anything else do face uh discrimination as an outsider even if they do speak the language that it right. to this day is um a difficult place to live and work not so much visit sometimes you know because they're they are obviously open to tourism oh yeah um, sure. but it Depending on where you are, too, it can be difficult uh, if yeah. you do not uh, fit a certain mold to be yes. there. You know, that that's, yeah, and, and we want to, you know, not come off as, as condescending. We can understand that our, right, our right. own country and cultures uh, have issues. Yes. This is, this is, this <laughs> yeah. is a reality. I think it's just interesting, going, sort of going back to your story, that, you know... Again, we don't want, yeah, I, I agree we don't want to westernize things, but we see this all over the world that we see, even when we were talking about um, the, uh, going back to our exhibit on the medieval Italians, yeah. you're already seeing, like, you're like, I I know these guys, you yeah. know, like this is, yeah. this is, uh, this is an attitude that will persist for centuries. You know, it's yeah. not, um, it's not, I don't think we're that out of place pointing out that some of these attitudes go way back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I, I think it's, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it makes sense too, even just how things mm-hmm. grow and history passes down as well as just like, cultural identities quite literally but it's uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah i i think this is definitely that case and getting uh-huh. into it even further here's kind of why yes. so setting it uh-huh. all up though once korea and china were conquered next up on the radar is uh-huh. japan because of the reasons uh-huh. i was mentioning and which uh-huh. was famed for its vast riches hoarded by the monarchs who ruled the island's kingdoms this was also brought to kublai khan's attention by the famed venetian trader Marco Polo, which is where he comes into Mm -hmm. this whole thing, who recounted the Mm -hmm. mass amounts of gold within the island. And regardless of the wealth, invading Japan would also bring the Khan a new army to his horde, which he would benefit Mm. from in expanding the empire. So here's here's kind of, I think, the trick in that. It's not just about money. It's also about grabbing people. Like... Not even in, a, right. in an aggressive way, because there is, a, you know, there's obviously always going to be this like undercurrent of slave trade and people being taken mm-hmm. and so on, and it's horrendous and awful, as we see in ancient mm-hmm. history too. But here, there's also a need for in the Mongol, you know, the golden hordes. It's it's you need manpower, you need soldiers, right? And that works. Yeah, because... I mean, it, it is interesting also to think about um, Japan as a resource for that because I. The the shogunate, would yeah, have been, exactly. They're in would have full been such gear. a, 
Yeah, because it, it's it's interesting because like presumably that's who you'd be going up against if you were to try to invade Japan. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't like want to kill all of them because you're like, no, we want these highly trained soldiers to you know be on our side. It's like it's uh you know it's it's basically like the it's like the again just not 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 to not to just compare everything to what we know but you know in some part it is like uh the nazis rolling in somewhere and being like hey uh we uh we want that army now we want uh we want the french navy you know right exactly uh, because yeah because we 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 need a navy yeah i mean that's 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 kind of my whole thing of why i always will disagree that people should just be like you know that you would go into a place to completely destroy it like and not to derail our conversation at all Mm -hmm. this is more of an aside but it's like Mm -hmm. when you have a war you need to gain something out of it people go to war to gain things and have items or Mm -hmm. people or Mm -hmm. manpower they don't just go and destroy places it doesn't really work that way yeah so this is kind of in a similar vein take taking a real otto von bismarck uh, approach right there (laughs) real real politics real he would call it yeah i guess so but yeah, no, that that you um that that salting the earth is not a a policy of a of, of a of an empire uh destined for greatness. Really what you want to do is you want to remove the old government, set up a government that's sympathetic to you, and now yes, you're yes. doing trade and you're getting stuff out of the territory you've conquered. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. even here, that's kind of what the plan is. Hi there. My name is Colby White, and I'm one of the hosts from Force Football Facts, a podcast where my friend Zachary and I force our other friend Tyrell to give us insights into the game, even though he doesn't know anything about it. We use our humor to bring you weekly football news in a new way that takes fan opinions into account while also helping new fans understand why we love this game so much. You can check us out on our website, forcefootballfacts.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Hope to see you soon. So, Mm -hmm. you know, oddly enough, I guess, even in considering how Mongol war tactics go, instead of just attacking... Kublai Khan actually sends envoys to Japan with a message of peace and friendly relations and even recognize the ruler of Japan as a king, that being I'm assuming the emperor as well as the shogunate, or the shogun. Except they need to pay tribute to him. That's the catch. So it's a lot uh-huh. of praise, and you know, you guys are awesome. We, I really, I feel like it's kind of like if he was like, hey, I like, really like your music, and you guys are awesome, but like uh-huh. you could pay me <laughs> thousands and thousands of you know coinage and <laughs> but, will but they're, they're, going, they're going for um uh, a hegemonic yes uh empire here, yes yeah r- because, rather than a territorial exactly yeah they are taking people mm-hmm. in because they realize it's easier and better for their strength quite literally because they're going to run out yeah. of mongol foot soldiers pretty fast now here's a question i have as we're sort of getting to this yeah, so yeah. okay the 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 Khan is looking out across, looking uh, out from the mainland, looking at you know this island that has all these resources he wants. Um, I don't think I ever think of the 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 Mongols as a seafaring people. Uh, you would be correct. Was <laughs> was a navy something they had ever attempted before? Because obviously, you know, we think of it when we're thinking of this period. 
you know, we have visions of, you know, the the Chinese explorers and the Polynesians are yes, sailing yes. the oceans and stuff. Uh, but I n- North Central Asian uh, civilizations, I don't know much of their navies. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, I mean, I to my understanding, they're not mm-hmm. necessarily famous for their seafaring expeditions. They are a land people. They, I know. just imagine that they were like trying to figure out how boats worked, and they just like tied a bunch of horses together. <laughs> oh no! Like, no, no, no! They're no, like, no, no. is this boat? <laughs> oh my god! Is this? <laughs> Is this how it is? <laughs> they were they were really good That's at the right, horses, they are Joe. They just they, they are they know. were really good at the horses. That's... <laughs> they're fantastic at the horses. Yeah, but they're not just the like... boat horses, not the uh, yeah. the water horses. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they were like they were they were trying to. <laughs> no, I. Well, here's the thing. Remember, they just conquered China and set up a government and an empire that appeases them. And China and Korea as well have navies that are very powerful. So that becomes the opportunity to have boats. Before them, mm-hmm. they're going west. So they don't need them because mm-hmm. there's really nothing, you know. Right, yeah. They do end up, I'm sure, as any civilization uses them for resources and for transport, but they're not doing a massive sea invasion like the, you know, the landing in Normandy, which is what this is going to be like, you know, the, or, oh or even Troy. It's insane. And we'll get to it, but like they don't to answer your question and, and going with this, not really. You know, they're not this isn't really something okay. this is very new, I would I would say, in terms of how this has played mm-hmm. out. This is mm-hmm. something not really attempted before. It's very bold and it's resource heavy because they need a lot of trees yes. and a lot of lumber to make boats mm-hmm. to sail because they also have to take all their horses with them. They have to set up supply chains and really there's a whole math and strategy to figuring right, out how right. you're going to do this because it's not like you can you know set up a supply chain through um you know through the ground and and have it by horseback you mm-hmm. now have to do it through boats which is not exactly their yes. strong suit but this is where mm-hmm. encompassing the chinese government and at the time and their forces would play a hand i imagine um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah they're so with continuing with these envoys who were sent by boat in this case and traveling their first stop is actually Tsushima because it's the closest so that makes the most sense okay and they you know they show up on the island and they were immediately rejected by the Japanese government the Kamakura shogunate under uh Hojo Tokimune who immediately mm. said absolutely not we don't want to see you and he just continues to refuse any envoys that make it to the island. They are not interested in talking to the Mongols at all and hearing mm, what they have mm. to say. This is strike one in terms of things that are probably not going to go well. So, and this is kind of what I was talking about. So, uh, and and this is this is on a small island that yeah. doesn't have a ton of people. No, but they are still <laughs> refusing them. Yes, that's the thing. They're just like absolutely not. We're better than you. We don't need this. And it's like okay, mm-hmm. but I also think there's there's mm-hmm. probably this. You know, they sent the envoy and the and the mainland Japan's like, do not communicate with these people. Like, no, do not do any demands. So that's what yeah. I imagine. I don't think it's them calling the shots, but anyways. Mm-hmm. And at one point, frustrated envoys of Kublai Khan actually captured two Tsushima fishermen who were named uh, Tojiro mm-hmm. and Yashiro and brought them to mm-hmm. the court of Kublai Khan. And he mm-hmm. actually, instead of being in the more intimidating way, he actually entertained the two fishermen in his grand hall uh, as we see here on our ride, he was showing mm-hmm. off his wealth and possessions to them. And this is all in mm-hmm. the hopes that mm-hmm. they're going to return to Hoji Takamune and tell him 
what they saw in hopes that he would show the Khan the proper respect that he deserved. You know, just kind of like, look how great uh-huh. I am. Look how also all this stuff I have. You see what it's like. Talk some sense into him. It'll be fine. So they go back and they were rejected. <laughs> <laughs> he still didn't care. So I, you know, it's got to suck being on that <laughs> island because it's like you're you're kind of you're not super well defended. And yeah, the main, mainland Japan is like, yeah, you tell them we <laughs> yeah, don't want to talk. Exactly. You know, exactly. We're, we're going, you know, and it's like, talk about like, you know, the some some pe- talk about like kill the messenger. It's like. <laughs> Literally, literally, that's kind of what's going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is all happening in 1261, and it brings us up to speed to the rise of the Yuan Dynasty in 1271. This is kind of all happening in between that, as I was mentioning. So now we are full, Kublai's attention is fully fixated on Japan. That is the next stop. So it's, you know, we're in 1271. This is all going to be leading us up to where we're going. So flipping this to the Japanese side, the Kamakura shogunate had been ruling since 1192 mm-hmm. and was headed okay. by Hoji Tokimone, who I was just mentioning was rejecting everybody. He was, he was mm-hmm. rejecting mm-hmm. everything. And as mentioned before, he was confident that they could repel any forces from Asia that would try to invade. And this may have been due to the lack of information both him and the emperor of Japan, the Kamiyama, would have, would have had about the region. Um... And mm-hmm. I also think, I'm pretty sure actually as well, that Hojo Takamune is acting on the mainland. So that's my, mm-hmm. in a sense, mistake. It's, it's the island is sending word to the mainland and he would be sending it back. So they're okay. kind of in between in that case. Or envoys would also be going to Japan just to kind of cover my bases there. Because he's going to become mm-hmm. an important figure, I'm pretty sure, in, in the uh, Hakoda Bay uh, fight. But before then, in going to Tsushima mm-hmm. specifically, the clan in charge is the Sao clan, which, who, are headed, who was headed by So Sukikuni, or Sukikune, mm-hmm. who was acting as a deputy Shugo, which would be the military governor on the island. He's pretty much the guy in charge, and his family is also in charge. So, again, he's also very confident, though, that they could defeat any military conquest. Anybody comes on our island, we got it. We got Samurai, <laughs> we got Dave over there. It's fine. They can do it. <laughs> he's crazy with Itachi. It's going to be okay. And a Naganati. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's God. just the confidence here is incredible. I mean, we are talking all confidence not a lot of action well actually no they have the action just not numbers yeah yeah no they're like we have tentacle monster um (laughs) sharp sword no it's it's it they are fearsome i mean this is a very well yeah yeah, no i'm i'm sure i mean this was this was a uh might is right era of of japan oh yeah um outlaw samurai style well yeah because understanding the way that the the shogunate took over as you know you had an em- an empire in japan and then um the 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 military becoming so powerful that the military is now the government like yeah this the this kind of shows you what what kind of uh what what kind of conflict they were yes, they were ready yes. for if the military uh, has taken over at this point. Yes, exactly. And I think that's good. I'm glad you brought that up because it's something to keep in mind where mm-hmm. we're speeding up to really, I think, the 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 climax of this story, which would be the launch of the invasion, which mm-hmm. on the 2nd of November, which I feel like is also quite fitting for where, you know, 
the month that we're in. Um, happy November, everybody. On the 2nd mm-hmm. of November, mm-hmm. 1274 CE, a fleet of about 1,000 ships carried around 20,000, a 20,000-man 20, army made up of Mongols, Chinese, Khitan, and Korean soldiers amassed by Kublai Khan and set out from Hapo, Korea. And mm-hmm. from here, they led to invade the island of Tsushima and eventually aim for Japan. So Tsushima's on their first... Basically, it's their, on their trails to set up supply lines. That's going to be the first thing you go because you want to, you know, don't have a mm-hmm. lot of, of um, resources, so you're going to claim them. So mm-hmm. on November 4th, Tsukikuni actually received word from ships that spotted the massive armada off the coast of Tsushima, and he rallied his forces, which consisted of 80 samurai and their retainers, to meet their invaders at Komoda Beach. And early mm-hmm. on the morning of November 5th, the samurai were dug in on the beach, ready for their attackers. Tsukikuni sent mm-hmm. out an envoy ship to inquire about the purpose of their arrival, to which they responded about how they were ghosted <laughs> by the Japanese shogunate. I'm using that word very specifically. And the time was well past for any conversation. They were like, yeah, no, we're, we're not talking. It's not happening. Uh-huh. And then the Mongols prepared for their massive scale beach assault at Komodo. Um, oh yeah, it, it's not a great series of events leading into it. Basically, this is what happens when you ignore the massive empire on Earth at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, this is like, I know it's been compared to as big of a beach assault to, like, Normandy would have been the thing that came after that would be as, as lar- like, larger than this. Like, this is kind of crazy. It, is, it has also been dramatized a bit because it is... One does have to start to consider the practicality of this, but I imagine it is a large fleet, you know? that This is like... Yeah. And also, I should mention, gunpowder's involved, and black powder exists. Oh, so there's cannons. Yeah. Holy cow, and I didn't it's even think insane. about that. It's insane. Like, they have them, and the, you know, the Chinese mm-hmm. fleets are armed with them, and it is... You know, the, the samurai here, 80 of them, I mean, I guess this is kind of like a 300 situation, you know are mm-hmm. good fighters. This is like a very well-trained yeah, yeah. army and it's a very small one and they're going to fight as hard as they can, but it is not compared to 20,000 people. I mean, it's kind of insane, the <laughs> odds here. But regardless, vastly outnumbered, the samurai at Komodo would have been armed with their fateful Yumi bow, which is the really large long bows that you see and they're made of bamboo. I always really wanted one, but they're insanely expensive and hard to find. <laughs> but they're, ma- I mean, mm-hmm. they're massive and in- in very accurate though. They would have fought mounted on horseback as well, but they would lack the mobility and quickness of mounted Mongol cavalrymen because the Mongols used the the, uh, wow. the curved the curved bow, their hunt, their um mm-hmm. kind of like a hunter's bow, which would be very very yeah. very fast and accurate. Whereas the Yumi bow is yes. slow, but it's powerful and it's very sharp in terms of its accuracy. Mm-hmm. I kind mm-hmm. of would consider it like, I mean, it's almost like an if we had to compare like an assault rifle to a to a sniper. Which you know, mm, I guess used mm, in the right this, hand. This is such. This is such an interesting. This is such an interesting kind of like. Um, I guess in one sense, this is kind of like a nerd question of like you know <laughs> who would win. Yeah, right? yeah, who would win? I mean, it really it's the, it's the it's the David and Goliath question. You know, I mean, yeah, is 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 it force you want or is it speed? You know, um, uh, yeah. Well, see, they have their consequences because Mongol the mm-hmm. the the best way that that was achieved with Mongol arches is they used to do the circling, like w- when mm-hmm. they fight on the ground, not on a beach assault. 
they can circle their enemy and flank them mm -hmm. and then shoot mm -hmm. arrows into whatever they're looking at. So it's very hard to defend from all angles when you're being circled by, you know, men on horseback yeah. shooting you at like, you know, a couple arrows a minute because they just, they do mm -hmm. the, they don't mm -hmm. even use the, um, you're not pulling from a quiver, you're pulling from your hands. It's a technique that's really fascinating. Yeah. But yeah. it's 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 kind of crazy here. I mean, these are two very, you know, strong opposing forces. Now, the samurai also had tachi, which were the early versions of the katana. Um, it was a curved blade, like a kind of, yeah, again, it's it's basically a katana. It's just an earlier version of okay, it. Okay, okay. At their side, as well as a naginata, which is the curved pole arm that you see in a lot of the stereotypes. Mm -hmm. It's like monks will use them. And um, or a spear as well. Those are like the main okay, weapons. Okay. Now, the Mongol uh, army is being led by General Hotan, who launched mm -hmm. his attack on Tsushima with Korean and Chinese troops as the first wave. And they're being armed with light padded gambeson like armor, uh, kind of like you would see in like medieval Europe, and bamboo mm -hmm. shields and spears. Now, the reason for this mm. is because they would be considered, the, they consider these troops to be expand, expendable. You know, it's kind of like we have them. You don't say. Use them. They're going up against people with katanas. <laughs> yeah, and they use them to uh, soak up the samurai's arrows, which is, yikes. Ooh. Yeah, it's you would not want to be in that position. It's kind of like you're being sent to die because it's a good way to save their own people. I also wonder, like... Yeah. And I mean, this is just me purely speculating, but like, if you were, so like, you're you're the 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 people in charge of these uh -huh. these armies and stuff are uh, Mongols, right? And you know, you have this idea in your head, like every everyone we've come across has submitted to us, like uh -huh. cannot stand us, and then you're a foot soldier, you're you know Chinese or Korean. Um, and you could possibly have some idea of what you were going up against, you know, yeah. that, that you were going up against fiercely isolationist and, you know, in incredible fighters, yep. yep. you know, like that, that, that you have, you know, you're, you're going to take your commands and everything because you don't really have a choice here but you have, you know you're expendable, mm -hmm. and you also know, you have some idea, more than the Mongols, like, what what you are going to face. Like, yes. it, it's just, it's kind of tantalizing to, to think about, like, the, the way that the foot soldiers who would have lived a little bit more in proximity to the Japanese would have probably perceived that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's something to really mm -hmm. I think consider and and look at because yeah, you know, they would know. Mm -hmm. They would have known yeah. what they were going they were going up against samurai, you know, it's no joke. And yeah. it's like, great, we're the first to do this and uh mm -hmm. I don't know how that's mm -hmm. going to go and unfortunately not very well. Yes. But, you know, in continuing with that though with their phase of attacks, they did that so that they could launch with their infamous Mongol Kitan Jurchen and Turkic horse archers who are going mm -hmm. to be the, you know, they're notorious for, mm -hmm. they're notoriously vicious in battle, I should say. And this was, yeah. it's a, it's a strategy, again, it's a strategy, it's just a very, you know, dark one, but I guess to them it's kind of like, oh, you know, well, you're expendable and they're not, so yeah. here you go. And, you know, so they launched them into battle and vastly outnumbered and unused to the type of combat brought by the invaders, Sukikuni mm -hmm. led his men back behind the tree line of the beach in a part in a partially a partial retreat 
so that they could slow mm-hmm. the approach. Because I think it's important to yeah. remember here, samurai are used to going up face-to-face. It's like challenger right. to challenger, you know, fight to the death kind of a deal, dueling. It's mm-hmm. very much that. And yeah. Mongols aren't, they don't play that way. It's a very different strategy. You know, again, these are yeah. horseback fighters. They don't, mm-hmm. and usually using bows. It's it's not really a man-to-man combat who can be the badder guy. It's it's more strategic. It's tricky. It's, we're going to use tactics to attack you. And the Japanese right. samurai, Bushido code is honor first. And there's a specific yeah, I was, way I to was going to say, you know, this is like, again, not to just, not not to just fall to the the stereotype of it but uh-huh. you could you could see them you know watching what what they perceived as you know uncivilized outsiders coming in and being like this is not the samurai way you know yeah. this is not this is not how you fight with with honor Exactly. Yeah, because you know they're you, yeah. there's even like samurai to samurai they're going to fight in specific um strategies. You know, they they kind of know. I mean, but you're yeah. you have a way of fighting to go against so it's okay, but if you're, you know, invading Mongols, you see that and it's like, "Oh, okay. Well, we know what they're going to do. They're going to charge us. So let's, you know, mm-hmm. set that up so we can, uh, you know, counter." Like you can kind of guess what they're going to do because the Japanese mm-hmm. samurai are very obvious about it and it's very clear. Yes. And so that's kind of what happens. And in the mm-hmm. tradition of the of the uh, So clan, seeing mm-hmm. how there was going to be no other option than death, Sukikuni led a cavalry charge against the Mongol invaders, and his strike force was completely wiped out. So, oh my god, that is to put it in perspective. That is the entire defense force of Tsushima is gone. Oh, good lord! Yeah. So oh, it's no. not it's not good. It's not good. And after mm-hmm. the massive defeat at Komoda Beach, Tsushima is virtually defenseless and open to Mongol attack, to which they pillaged and mm-hmm. burned their way through the island, massacring the population. And mm-hmm. you know, women of the So family reportedly kill themselves so as to avoid their fate at the hands of the Mongols. Yuan and Japanese mm-hmm. sources also cite that in in cases that the in cases the Mongols actually would thread the palms of Japanese prisoners and tie them to the prows of their ships as a necklace of sorts, which is very oh brutal. My God. Um, and by God, di- did, did we did we really have to make the animatronics do that to each other? I know, I know, and all the fighting will Th- come this, out of each other. Great. I, I'm really questioning whoever made this. Yeah, made this we're gonna have to have exhibit. a we're gonna have to a, an HR meeting at the end of this. But I know, I yeah, know, it's kind of yeah. accurate. But we need to kind of, you know, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. not everything has to yeah. be historically accurate. Uh, but mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! But by November thirteenth, Tsushima had completely fell, and General Hotan ordered the fleet to the next island, Iki, where, um, where those on the island had time to get reinforcements from the mainland, so they were in a bit of a better mm-hmm. shape. But it would still mm-hmm. prove futile. A hundred samurai are now going to be facing off against Mongol, Jurchen, Kitan, Chinese, and Korean forces. And they held them off for a few hours, but eventually had to fall back to um, to Hinotsuna Castle to make a final right. stand, which also eventually will fall. The daughter of Kakitaka, the leader of Iki, named um, mm-hmm. Katsura Hime, that was her name, mm-hmm. was sent with a mm-hmm. single samurai to bring word to the mainland of the arrival of the Mongol invaders. Because, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, when they were leading these, um, the, the, the invasion through boats, it's presumed they're setting up a blockade. So it's very hard to even get word to what's going yeah, on. You know, it's very you're rare. You're probably like 
sort of horrified, like wondering, and probably as soon as you aren't hearing anything, you re- you start to realize like, like something's oh no. gone wrong. Exactly. Now, exactly. now wait, you said you said they sent a hundred samurai. They had a hundred samurai on Iki. So, you oh, know, there okay. would presumably have not been that many because there's one castle. Right, it's not a big right. island. It's very small. It's mm-hmm. much smaller than Tsushima. So, you know. Yeah, they... I know. Like, I, I don't even, you know, I, I, I've i been to plenty of islands with fewer samurai on them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a, you know, they wouldn't have needed it either. So, yeah, they're, they're yeah. getting so some this, reinforcements. This is, this is but... otherwise like a sleepy, you know, island yeah i mean they they have their problems but they're usually with like bandits and pirates so you know you don't need that many samurai to deal with bandits you know if there's not that many bandits i guess that's what matters (laughs) so so she she's tasked with bringing um with bringing word to the mainland japan about these these events and what's happening with the invasion and as this is happening kagetaki led a hopeless stand at the fort which was held which was actually helped by townsfolk as well as the remaining samurai and when the mongols breached the gates because eventually they do because it wasn't that strong of a castle unfortunately for them they actually used prisoners with thread running through their palms as a shield wall to protect themselves so oh, that's gosh. a that's a fact that's there uh an event oh, again this is what i'm talking about dishonorable like fighting styles but it works and mm-hmm. eventually you know eventually Kagetaka's family committed suicide as he did after after um after there was no hope of winning you know then it was kind of like mm-hmm. the end and even his daughter never actually made it to shore due to mongol arrows hitting their boat so oh my god this is devastating for these islands it is mm-hmm. complete failure disaster well, actually, I shouldn't even say failure because it, the evasion didn't fail. It was a complete disaster, massacre, and just horrible, horrible events that happened. Mm-hmm. And all of this as the first stepping point to the invasion of Japan. You know, this oh this is God. what this is what could have happened if it, depending. We don't actually know. We don't actually mm-hmm. know, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in jumping actually to mainland Japan to kind of start to bring us to a close, mm-hmm. um. Hearing about this on the mainland, Hoje Takamune, the guy we were talking about earlier, was preparing mm-hmm. for battle. He knew what was coming. He knew these events would be the most important moments of his life. He, at this point, was aware of, we have really, we really have an enemy, a fearsome enemy at this point, and this is, mm-hmm. like, life or death. This is going to determine the fate of Japan. And yeah. on November 19th, the Mongols landed at Hakata Bay, where they were met by fierce resistance by the Japanese samurai and were actually held off for some time. Mm-hmm. So allegedly the forces were actually evenly ranked this time. Um, you know, there was a, I don't know the exact number, but it's relatively the same on both sides. You know, you have enough samurai versus um, Mongol fighters at this point, which is better okay. than 80 yeah. versus 20,000. Yes. Yeah. But, you know they're at a dis- the samurai are at a disadvantage because they don't know how to fight against mongol battle tactics they're, again they're not used mm-hmm. to this so they eventually have to retreat off the beach and prepared for a yuan advancement uh to attack them mm-hmm. except it doesn't actually ever come to them they never see them they never get attacked and the general of the yuan forces um Liu, i'm i'm going to hopefully try to pronounce this as best as possible, uh, Lu Fiang was shot, actually, by a samurai in the eye 
and was brought back to the ship. Mm-hmm. Here's where things get a bit odd, and we don't quite know. So between mm-hmm. this and fearing being ambushed in the dark, the Mongols, that is, they decided mm-hmm. to tr- retreat for the time being back to Hakata Bay. And mm-hmm. this is inevitably going to be their mistake. We don't actually know, to my understanding, why this even happened. It's possible because he was shot. It's possible because they didn't want to keep invading. That there was, Maybe there was orders that were given mm-hmm. to retreat, a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't know. I don't know. You know, this is this is one of these yeah, weird yeah. moments in history because the at that night, a um, a massive storm hits the bay, and it completely mm-hmm. wiped out most of the Mongol fleet. It's about one th- about one third. Cow. Now, this isn't the this isn't the fatal Kamikaze storm. We're gonna get there, and it's coming up yeah. actually very soon. But it wipes out about uh, it, it wipes out a solid amount of their of their fleet, and about one third. Uh, about one third, actually, and they're forced to retreat back to Korea because they need to make up the numbers. And okay. wow, yeah, so that's a fatal mistake. That was like, ooh, we did this isn't working out. We need to retreat because it's like, okay, we'll go mm-hmm. back. So yeah, skip forward to twelve eighty one, a couple years later mm-hmm. after twelve seventy four, and they're back mm-hmm. at it again. We're ready. We mm-hmm. cut down more trees, built more boats. We're gonna get them this time. They do the mm-hmm. exact same thing. Tsushima and Iki, which were recaptured again by Mongols for round for basically the Mongols. Um, so yeah, they were recaptured again by the Mongols, and then oh, they gosh. approached Japan for round two, prepared and ready to fight. Oh god! Except, as it turns out, a massive tsunami hit the fleet as they drew near to invade, and it completely wipes them out. Like. 90 percent <laughs> casualty rate. You know that's what the Mongol and Yuan reports estimate. It's disaster, absolute disaster, and it's not calculated in a, as a part of it. So this completely sets back the invasion, and this is actually where we get the term kamikaze from, which uh, translates to divine wind, kami meaning god, uh, kaze meaning wind. So they, Whoa. yeah, they, uh, it's, it's bad. And that yeah, is, what the... yeah. What I mean, on the one hand, it's 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 luck. On I know, I know. Other, it's just what the I. It is actually crazy. The uh, what are the odds? I mean, just <laughs> twice. Did, well, I mean, I, I I I you know, as the name suggests, this seems like divine intervention. You literally, know, this is, literally. This is this is parting the Red Sea. This is. Uh, you know, uh, what must have, like, when that happens to you, was that, like, confirmation of, uh, was that, like, almost a confirmation of their own religion? Like... Uh, yeah. It's like, why, it's, it's kind of like at the end of Indiana Jones, like, why doesn't like wh- why don't Indy and Marion like immediately convert to Judaism after right. <laughs> right, after right. watching after watching the Ark of the Covenant melt a bunch of Nazis' faces off? Like very good point. Yeah. Like like why if you had that type of it must have felt like some sort of confirmation that they were like the divine chosen people. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, kind of in that way. I mean, the religion is a bit different than the monotheistic ones that we have, like we mm-hmm. would have in Europe, and there's the the inter. What what would they, what would they be at this point? Is it is it are they Buddhist or are they Shinto? They're Shinto, yeah, Shinto. Okay, much. so it's the it, Buddhism exists. You have Buddhist monks actually from China who were very helpful actually in giving. Well, kind of helpful because the the samurai also weren't going to listen to them in many cases about the Mongol right. tactics. Because uh, they would know, yeah. you know, a lot of them were were kicked out. Yeah, yeah, so they, yeah. But um, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it's Buddhist. I, mean, I, I can't, I can't think, I can't think of a, of more opposed uh, philosophies of Buddhism and uh, <laughs> Mongolian invaders. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it it is though, like there is this. I feel acknowledgement of divine intervention of you know, right? Gods have aided us in our time of need. This set the protection of japan because no other invasion besides the americans i believe are going to come after mm-hmm. the japanese at this point uh you mm-hmm. know they're virtually going to be doing their own thing i mean you know mm-hmm. we haven't even touched it'll eventually get worse with sengoku period of and you know the warring states and everything and that's going to be their yeah, own yeah. problem but it's it's this just struck the stroke of good luck because I don't even want to know what the devastation would have mm-hmm. been. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. And this is one of these weird things where you're like, you really don't know who would have won because the samurai yeah. are also in force are amazing, you know, mm-hmm. tac- um, combat tacticians. You know, they know strategy. They know how to fight, but they're not yeah. going to be well suited up against a opponent who does not care about their ways of fighting and is going to do what it takes mm-hmm. to win like stringing people as a human shield or using yeah. unhonorable tactics or dishonorable tactics you know it's right. it is a very like as we mm-hmm. saw in Tsushima obviously that's not a huge defense but mm-hmm. you know i think the important thing would be to defend the island not to defend honor but that's obviously the plot of Ghost of Tsushima, so I guess check that okay. out for that that debacle. But knowing all of that, it is yeah. kind of true. Like you wonder what would have happened if that tsunami didn't occur. Because I used to think it was like one, yeah. And you kind of wonder where it's like, well, where's the second one coming? Did they just go right back and do it again? <laughs> like it's not again. This is where the history of Japan stuff, the way it's taught in school, it's not really explained. You're kind of like, hey, yeah, Kublai Khan was getting really uh, antsy, and then you know invaded Japan and lost twice, and by a storm, not even by people. Mm-hmm. And you're like, God, the mm-hmm. material and men, everybody who died just from wind, it's yeah. kind of insane. But, you know, it's actually a few years later. Like, I didn't realize that there was another reinvasion, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You have two very stubborn sides uh, to, a, yep. <laughs> to, to a conflict like this. Um, but, yeah, it's the... Uh, it's um, that, that question of, like, the circumstances. Because I know there's also... Um, like... Like... The 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 sheer uns the seemingly unstoppable nature of of the way the Mongols were were conquering the earth, uh, you know, to to first it it's almost like it had to be some kind of what what feels like biblical intervention. Yeah, like you know, it's, that that's mm. that that finally stops them. You know, because. On either end, um, and maybe we'll have to talk about it one day, but the 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 circumstances that do not allow 
the Mongols to uh, get to Japan and the circumstances that stop them before they, you know, uh, run roughshod all over Europe. Yeah. You know, you're looking at a very different history if mm-hmm. either of those things had happened. You oh, know, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, I, I forget the author who wrote it, but it's like if they had succeeded, this, uh, this book would not be written in a European language. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's haunting in, in one sense, but yeah, the, the, the the sheer loss of life on both sides and the and and just sort of this moment is is so captivating yeah i think you said it best in that that it 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 it's almost like you know it has to be this divine intervention to stop it because it was growing so fast and this is like this is one of the biggest blows to their empire and Mm -hmm. i we will cover it perhaps in a follow-up series about their empire more specifically than an invasion, but mm-hmm. this is partially due to, this will lead to a downfall very quickly because mm-hmm. they cannot mm-hmm. amass the resources to do this again. It's, mm-hmm. and this was their army. You know, this is most of their army going because they know who they're up against and they know they need everybody, mostly everybody, mm-hmm. and they lost a lot of them. And it's like, yeah. Losing plus, you know, 20,000 plus men is not going to be helpful for your invasion strategies. It's just a devastating blow. And and mm-hmm. in a way, it, you know, probably was good, but also probably bad. You know, you don't know. It, but they're not exactly. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, what, maybe what what if they had good? gotten. What if they had gotten there and that was the last thing they needed to conquer? And they're like, and now. Now we're done. <laughs> we're done. And, <laughs> and now we install a utopian <laughs> democracy. That would have been kind of a. Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, God. Well, there. I don't know. I, would it be so bad? <laughs> would it have been so. Would it have been so. Probably, but would it have been so bad? I mean, I think. I think everyone that was in the way of the immediate brunt of it was like, yeah, it's that bad. <laughs> I you know, know, I know. The, yeah. <laughs> the, the people, the people being, you know, raped and murdered in the it's wake bad. of this. No, it's, it's absolutely terrible. But you're also wondering, you know, what is the grand vision for this where, um, you know, like take, take modern day China, for example, mm-hmm. um, that does, a lot of things and has done a lot of things for a very long time that seem quite contrary to um uh you know marxist or communist beliefs like right you know despite proclaiming to 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 be you know this uh a, a country with with a dominant communist party yeah they're sort of philosophical argument to that is that we are doing what is necessary so that one day in the future we can actually have a true socialist utopia Mm, you know yeah that what they what they are doing and you know the 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 bodies that have been buried and the the lives ruined um will be worth it when we one day arrive at uh this future that we can buy right uh and you you see this all over the world but you know 
Ch- China's right there in, in, in this in this particular story. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and 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 you can you can like almost like see the world leaders that will justify atrocities because they can foresee this um you know idyllic idyllic um destination that might not even remember the the turmoil and the horrors of it all um mm. mm-hmm. and you know that is it's uh, on, on the one hand, you can like al- you can find yourself almost talking yourself into that, but it is, I, <laughs> it is like you know when when you start, like how how, how can you? It, it, it's it it uh, I I'm sorry I'm like stumbling over my <laughs> no words it's okay here. it's okay like um, but you you recognize the hypocrisy of it in another sense yeah yes and the disregard for human life in the name of a project that you have decided is better than everything else that people are working on and Mm, even with even with good intentions you know what you can if if this is what it takes to get to what you see as this idyllic future, then you're not really thinking as far forward as you claim to be. You are looking right. for a shortcut rather than trying to do the the proper work. Exactly. Um, I yeah. can't speak to the if Kublai Khan was trying to establish a socialist utopia. Um, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know we don't know we don't know maybe uh, he really, really did get in we really don't know maybe he was like we just need to murder this if we murder this many more chinese people yeah uh we will we will build uh we will build a, a perfect world ah uh, yeah but you realize that if that is your view and your destination for humanity and your people then you are not actually in the business of of building a better no. world no. you know not really this 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 shows your hand pretty pretty blatantly you know yeah uh, that's and 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 should keep us all in mind of you know wherever we come from what's been done to justify what we try to justify for what we have now mm. um yes because this is empires uh all over the world uh yeah you know that that at at some point have to uh look and try to 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 justify what they have done yeah that's really well put in i even bringing a message to this whole thing because i mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it is one of these cases where you're like, on the one hand, what if? And maybe it would have been great and good, but mm-hmm. the trends say otherwise uh, in yes. terms of the Empire. And this is like, this is one of these cases, too, where they are so fascinating to me because it's not, they're talked about as a very brutal civilization and society, mm-hmm. which is fair, but yeah, so but we the, also We well, also don't know a ton about Genghis Khan because there was nothing written by him or the yeah, people immediately exactly. around him 
we know about Genghis Khan from the the people that he was trying to genocide. You know, we yeah, it's we, we know about we know about him from the people who were on the receiving end of of his violence. We know about him from the Chinese. We know him about him from the, the, the Persians. You know, yeah, like the uh this stuff was all there was stuff written about him nothing by him we don't even know where he's buried yeah um yeah so it 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 is difficult to say you know what what was his end game what was he what was he doing yeah what was it what was this what's he do what's he building (laughs) who's who's the real genghis yeah genghis Genghis? um so you know just, just imagine him him sitting down with uh yeah, well, it all started down on, on a talk show. It's like, who's yeah. the real who's the real Genghis? <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing, though. It's like I, I feel like we often talk about like Alexander the Great or we'll talk about, you know, the British Empire, the Roman Empire or these very Western idealized versions of conquest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're also equally brutal. You know, they're also pretty terrible. And all these things still happen. Maybe it's not at the forefront of their ideology, but it is interesting yeah, but, what you're but, saying, but, too, but, that it's... But, 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 but Alexander the Great was, you know, just like, you know, hot Mediterranean twink, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, you know what? He was kind of a twunk. He was a twunk. All right. Yeah, I mean, but still, it's, but, but it's still conquering. Like, it's still the yes, same endgame yes. like we're, we're discussing, where it is this, like... At the mm-hmm. end of the day, violence is violence, and brutality and the means mm-hmm. of justification isn't always great. I know I'm saying that at a very, you know, I guess in a casual approach because sometimes, yeah. But see, it, you fall well, into this pitfall. Yeah, though, we'll 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 have to we'll have to figure out what we'll do if and you know an exist a, a threat to our very existence. I know, you know, I know, washes up on our on our shore. You know, we'll have to. Uh, you know, decide what we're doing for that, or I guess develop shin splints. Um, but yeah, yeah, it is. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. With the way that this went, with with the when way that good. you've described this history, it's almost like if the Mongols tried again, like Godzilla himself would have like shown up to destroy them. Is like you're not destroying Japan. That's, you're yeah, done. that's my. You're, done. you're not destroying Japan. That's my job. Yes. <laughs> oh my god round three it's, it's the mongols versus godzilla godzilla versus khan oh my god godzilla versus khan there it is oh my god that might be the most single-handed legendary thing i've ever said oh my oh god god that is good <laughs> thank you thank you god, i that is yes uh, a moment of clarity on that one wow mm-hmm. that really sums up this conflict actually <laughs> in, a, in a pretty in a pretty simple way it kind of does right yeah. like it's but I, it, it, you know in in summarizing it though and going back yeah i if they would have succeeded it would have been absolutely brutal because think about it this yeah. way he tried being nice he tried and obviously mm-hmm. it was never going to be nice. It was never about being yeah, nice. Yeah. But it was like yeah. when that they 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 did more than they ever really had yeah. to. And, and it was and, never gonna and, be received well, when, again, you know. As as we saw later when the shoe is on the other foot, you know, the the Japanese were not kind to mainland no. Asia. No, they were not. Absolutely not. So it is Yeah. It is a very this this is why I find this conflict interesting because knowing historically both sides' attitude against violence and warfare, mm-hmm. it's it's not great. 
right? You yeah, know, yeah. it's not, it's either way, it doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. It ends in massive civilian casualties and innocent people dying over conquest yeah. and land and, and basically, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't do a hit. Don't do a hit is, um. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. Holy cow. What a story. What a ride. Um, I feel like we need to. We need to go on a different ride, maybe. Yeah, uh, I think it's some. Some uh, we need a palate cleanser. We could listen. Yeah, we we could we could go on the Bruce Springsteen Tunnel of Love. Um, I mean that <laughs> that's more about emotional warfare, right? Um, right. But it might be it might be a little uh, maybe a little a little gentler than this. I guess um, we, we should probably exit now that we're at the end here and, and do that. We've been sitting here talking about Godzilla mm-hmm. versus Khan and all other types of what ifs, <laughs> holding yes, yes, up yes. our tour. Yeah, but, uh, you know the 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 cl- the chlorinated water of this ride. You know the yeah. fumes start to get to you after a while. It really does. It makes you it makes yeah. you wonder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yes, yes. Holy cow! Thank you so much, Joe, for this amazing research. Oh, of course, of course. It's it's my pleasure. It, it has been on my mind for uh, almost a few months now, and I. I'm very happy to be able to talk about it and as much as I can. I mean, hopefully I've learned more into this. I know it's a pretty, it's a lot of information. Even this is pared down for the sake of our time because it just goes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so long. And this is like one bit (laughs) of all of it, of all the history of Mongol conquest. And I I feel like it sums up kind of nice of how this goes, but you know, they, they make it so far. And I know I would be curious to expand our, conversation on them into maybe analyzing their ideas and methods maybe not methods but their their ideas and vision for what they were going for closer maybe in another right, series yeah. but i guess stay tuned maybe come back and see if if we do do that yeah <laughs> no i mean i think this is a topic we'll have to uh revisit uh Definitely. just because you know it's it's so uh so interesting mm-hmm. absolutely um, Wow. Well, what a what a what a topic for today. I oh, hope yes. everyone enjoyed themselves. Everyone enjoyed the ride and everything. Um, what have you got going on in your life, Joe? Well, I actually have an upcoming exhibit in uh, Gimpo, South oh. Korea, at the CICA oh. Museum. So I would n- I am now Mr. Worldwide officially. Um, yes. I have gotten confirmation. So <laughs> by this time it should be, it should be posted, I hope on like publications. So it's for the uh, exhibit in touch. And I have a video that Zan is actually a, a part of, and as well as friend of the museum, David Neal. So feel free to check that out. Oh, yeah. If you're in wow. Gimpo, South Korea, I can't believe I guess. it. I, I finally have a credit besides yeah. my friend's undergrad, mm-hmm. uh, horror short film. Hey, it's the start of your career, man. Anything goes. Yeah, yeah. I'm right I there do, with you. I do get murdered in that one. Oh, interesting. I think it's I think it's an organ harvester. I don't remember. Uh, Jason, if you're listening <laughs> out there, uh, whatever happened to that film? Because I never saw it. Oh no! Did it? It didn't get finished. <laughs> it was never seen, and it was never seen again. Oh. Anyway, how about you, Zam? Awesome. What do you got going on? Well, I should be uh, appearing in the uh, Jason Bodily film. Uh, <laughs> d- I I don't know the name. Oh no, <laughs> I don't know the name. Uh, uh, I I I acted in 
I had friends that were in film school, so I was a go-to actor for a couple of different things. They didn't give uh, me a lot of speaking roles because I am not an actor. Fair which enough. Which is totally fair. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Uh, I actually have quite a few things uh, happening Ooh. right now. Um, I am still in the Then and Now show. That'll be going uh, in, still into December uh, at SPC. Um, but I am also going to be in a show called Cosmos, uh, December 17th. Uh, that's going to be the St. Pete, uh, Coastal Creative, uh, group that's being, uh, uh, curated and put together now. So that, uh, that should be a fun show. Um, I will also be in, uh, that's December 17th. December 9th, I am going to be in a show at the Studio Public House, uh also in saint pete and that is a show called toys uh mm. get you in the holiday holiday oh, yes. spirits yeah nice nice um, yeah so got some got some work out there uh thank you to the uh, whoever the person was that purchased my art at the uh tufts uh student art show oh, or awesome. art sale appreciate that um yeah, now I just need to find the art that yeah. uh, was put up for sale. I'm not sure where it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A task for a different uh, day. Yeah, if you would like to follow the museum after hours, uh, get in touch with us, give us suggestions, give us corrections. Um, you know, how do you pronounce Genghis Khan? Oh, there you go. Tweet at us. You know, yeah, gif or jif. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. You can find me at Xanosaurus on Instagram and Zanfred E. Man on TikTok. And you can find me at at Josemino Art on Instagram. And, uh, from the Uncanny County Museum, I am Genghis Zahn. I am Zan Peters. And I am... Who's your Mongol Sona? And I'm Jogun Smino. No, I'm just Joe